Harriet Jones, former prime minister. We know who you are. Welcome to the Whovian Review. I am Michael. I'm Shelby. They call me Colin. I'm Jace. Hi. That's Clara. And tonight we're going to be, for the first time, uh, rating the Stolen Earth. The first time? The penultimate episode of Series 4. And what an episode it was. Jace, as the one of us who has not seen this prior to tonight... What are your gut reactions to this? My gut reactions is I thought that this episode would have been better if that, if, well, this makes sense, but if, like, Rose and Martha and everyone was teased so much, not teased, but they were just in so many episodes, it wasn't, like, super monumental that they were all working together. However, it was when Captain Jack and Sarah Jane came into the mix. That's what made it, like, really, really cool. Because we saw Rose, we've seen Martha, we saw them, like, working together, but then we just had everyone together. It was like the gang was back together. Like, I've never seen anything in Doctor Who quite like where all the companions have to come together like that, um, even in later Who. And a lot in classic, but I'm not as well-versed in classic. But, yeah, I thought that was was crazy. i love to see Captain Jack come back. Yeah, that was really cool just to have all everybody come back into the mix, you know, on a certain focal point with Harriet Jones leading the fray of all people. Oh, my gosh. The Prime Minister, in case y'all didn't know. <laughs> former, former prime, prime, prime minister. Former yeah. prime minister. Jones. I like how she still has like you know some credentials. Yeah, I know, right? This is my old job. Here's my credentials. I read up that that Russell T Davies actually was considering getting other previous companions from the past to come back, like Joe Grant or something like that, just to just to throw in a few extras. But decided that that would get to be too many people in one episode. Yeah, but I do people like, with ADHD would have a really hard time with that. I do like how they at least brought back Sarah Jane because I know Sarah Jane was mentioned in like the last episode, mm-hmm. but she wasn't really like there there. Right. And I was like, okay, we have like the one classic like star. That's all you really needed, especially yeah. to keep New Who um, fans entertained. And, and even before that, she was in New Who too with with Eccleston. Um, no, no, it was Tenet. It was, it was, it was Tenet. With yep. the dog. Here's the thing, though, is that also one of the things this episode does do for Doctor Who, which is what Russell T. Davies kind of envisioned but they were going to do with Doctor Who, was that it brought Torchwood and the Sarah Jane Adventures and Doctor Who all together into one story. That was something I was a little confused on, because when we looked at Sarah Jane, she already had a kid, and she had this like whole computer thing going on. I, I don't know what that's all about. That's actually a whole series, and you can see it, because I have on the whole thing. Oh, oh really? K-9. Yeah. Who thankfully has his own series. Yeah. Well, K-9's actually in Sarah Jane Adventures, too, though. And the, and the Doctor shows up in Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah. But not both, yet. Both 10 and 11. Hey, hey. 
But yeah, so um, I didn't know Ted was no one. When was that? Like chronological to Doctor Who? Uh, I think it was around the same time. No, I mean, like, is it like when during season four? I don't, three? I don't honestly know in the timeline, but I think it's after Stolen Earth and Journey's End that oh, okay. he enters in Sarah Jane Adventures. I think it's right after that. Gotcha. But I could be wrong because he already. I think he already knows. Um, okay. Okay. Anyway, but yeah, so we have all these worlds colliding at once, and talk about worlds. We have twenty-seven different entities, mostly worlds, at except least twenty-seven. For, well, we have twenty-six planets and one moon, and it ties together all those missing planets and the one moon that we were talking about previously in the series, which is kind of a nice little um, kind of wrap up of the kind of the plot point. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was cool. I like how they were all, you know, elegantly melding together, you know, as the doctor said, but, uh, and it sounded like it was supposed to be some sort of machine component, but it, it doesn't sound like from this episode we got any inkling of what, you know, that purpose might be, you know, from the dollar. Some Dobros, sort of Dalek right? purpose, probably exterminating and Or Davros' purpose now. Davros is back in the scene. He's he's in the head Dalek seat, or Dalek Khan, and... Um, Supreme Dalek and all. Oh, yeah, in this episode, Davros wasn't supposed to be alive, right? Didn't he, like, die in the Time War? I didn't know that. He was supposed to have died in the Time War, but as they claimed here, Dalek Khan So actually, this is his first show. Well, yeah, I've seen all of Eccleston, yeah. This is his first show in in the newer Doctor Who. Yeah, and then this is when we find out that he supposedly died in the Time War also. Yeah, um, everything that we learned in this episode was not revealed beforehand. Okay, I died, but plot twist, I'm not. Yeah. yeah. We love a good master moment because with the Dalek. Because timey-wimey Davros Dalek, does that too, though. He, he, he's, like, you know, basically died before and just well, is back. Actually, no, Dalek Khan went back through time and space to get to No, I'm saying, Davros. like, in, in other, like, in classic Who, there were periods of time where, like... Oh, yeah, it was that's like, true. Like, Davros got, like, buried under a building at one point. Kind of like the master. Dalek Khan, real quick. Yeah. I absolutely, like... The horror fan in me really loves that, like, really cringy kind of personality that he was. Like, that kind of lunatic, kind of psychotic, kind of super weird. I don't know. I thought that was really funny. I don't know if it belonged in the episode, but I just thought that was, like, really fun. Yeah, I want to dive more into him a little bit, too, because everyone's like, he's crazy, but everything he says is true. But but here's the thing. He's He's crazy because he went back in time to... in a way that he wasn't supposed to. He wasn't supposed to be able to go back there, but somehow he managed to do it, and he went crazy doing it. I I think that what the thing is is that it is probably one of those things where, like, his brain got all time-scrambled, so now, like, Mm -hmm. he remembers things from the future, and he doesn't know things yet that are things that he learned in the past, and so everything he says comes out as gibberish, but also is in some ways prophetic. I think it's really interesting how, like, it's kind of like a time trope, how it always, like, you know, becomes an inherent mental thing. When your physical body is in time, it's being thrown around, you think that that would have some tremendous problems. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like, dude didn't even completely... fit inside his, his Dalek suit anymore, so, you know. It seems like he just wanted it to have it open to me. I don't, I don't know. He just wanted all the light on him. <laughs> well, he got it. Maybe that's why they were all calling him crazy. That's not how Daleks do. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I found it interesting how the Daleks discriminated against him because he was deemed as insane and an abomination. Well, anything that's not, like, pure Dalek, Dalek, the Daleks are going to have a problem with. 
Well, speaking of, if they were made, each Dalek was made out of one cell of Davros's body. Like his, like all of the skin practically on his chest and some muscle and stuff was all missing. That is so many Daleks. It is, but I'm That's also not point. convinced that you know, <laughs> if you opened up Dalek's chest and or Davros's chest at any other time, that he wouldn't be you know wholly decrepit in one way or That's another. Good like I imagine. Wait, 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 but. But wouldn't his cells regenerate themselves? Yeah, it probably was like he like right, just Carl. did it, and they're gonna grow back. I something. didn't think about that. I just thought that's yeah. who he was. Mm. <laughs> I did. You know, you could take one cell from him and make a bunch of cells that are the same. Yeah, yeah it's mitosis. And then how he referred to them as like his children, and basically was like, "Doctor, what do you got going on?" <laughs> he always does. Yeah, that, that wasn't even meiosis, Davros. Come on, that was mitosis. And were you a father figure to all these? Alex, not really. Can you really claim that? Come on, man. I think one of the most genuine performances when Davros is revealed, though, has to go to Elizabeth Sladen as Sarah Jane because her she actually was there when Davros in Genesis of the Daleks was killed off. She was she saw it on screen, so she she was there the first time he created a horde exactly. of Daleks. So she and she genuinely was looking extremely frightened and scared is how could this person still be there and she knows what he's capable of still pretty good looking as Captain Jack oh definitely oh my god oh my gosh I remember when when everyone discovered it was the Daleks just like how you could see every character's just brain just like shatter and and they're just basically like there's no hope we're all dead and everyone around them is like, what are you talking about? And it was just sh- it was just heart-shattering because they've been through it. They've seen what these creatures are, and they just gave up almost, basically. Yeah, that's what it always is. Like, the Daleks is, like, massive trauma to everyone. Like, the, the hope in the, e- the episode is like, don't worry, I will suicide myself for a chance to call someone else for help. Like, that's, that's, that's like, the big, big moment of what you can do. Yeah. I'd like to point out another horrified moment in this episode too that like was really kind of thrown in there was like when the do- when the doctor's still not sure who's taken the earth and he's just like wait a second someone's tried to move the earth before that was the time lords and they actually successfully moved the earth for a period of time and uh so the doctor was definitely thinking at that point oh my god are the time lords back did they just like come and steal the earth <laughs> yeah i didn't catch that because I didn't know that background. Yeah, I was thinking maybe Daleks. Same. Um, the way that I thought you were about to go with that is, like, even the doctor needed help in this situation. He was crying out for the Shadow Proclamation because he's like, what is going on? But it was definitely his own people in the past. So it was a good, it's a good nod to the so That's the mysterious planet from the Sixth Doctor Trial of Time Lord. Yep. But very epic story. <laughs> um... Any other thoughts that we can think of? Um, there is one thought I can think of. Good job. Lay it on us. Um, with how many alien invasions you'd th- uh, that they've gone through, you'd think Unit would develop much better weapons than just regular old guns. Yeah, right? when are you going to learn that bullets don't do anything to anything in space? I mean, they like, had the mean... whole thing with the Centaurans where they like specifically were like specifically those bullets from those guns that you're using don't work against these guys. They had like a whole two-part adventure. You think yeah. they want to learn? Very true, but I, I think it was addressed <clears throat> in this episode because we have Martha Jones coming in and Martha Jones was on the side of use alien technology to develop super weapons to develop the, to defend the Earth on behalf of humans. 
So I, I think that was the view that we, we even saw, you know, got reiterated that it was slapped down there. And, you know, it was kind of a thing, is, the Mar- is, Mar- is um, you know, Harry Jones right? Is the doctor right? And that was addressed. And I, I thought that was interesting to come back now, especially when the doctor isn't around. Um, so who was right in that scenario? I mean, will the doctor always be there to save the day? Can you rely on people without the power of guns? Because, you know, even... Even the most savvy people with the doctor who, you know, the doctor is as anti-gun as anyone, are the ones carrying the huge flipping Dalek destroying weapons. Like, look at Captain Jack. He's the one who saved, like, Rose in that situation. Yeah, and Rose saved Wilfred and Sylvia. Guns make the world a better place against Daleks. (laughs) Which was crazy, because in that scene, it was, like, the most dramatic, like, Rose and the doctor finally coming together. Hold on a second. There's a Dalek. It's trapped. And then, bam, regeneration. Yeah, that's how you end it. There's so many points in this episode where I was like, okay, is this where it's going to stop? Because I wasn't looking at the time. Is this where it's going to stop? Is this where it's going to stop? I know, because there were so many things that could have been cliffhangers. There, yes, it was entirely just pure, pure, pure buildup, which is why I said it's going to be hard to rate this because I just need to know what on earth happened. What on earth happens. Uh, <laughs> you're yeah. so punny. It's because I couldn't say a curse word. <laughs> Um, I I like the idea that it's one of those I, I actually like the idea that it is a build up story because it is a two parter so in this case you're building up the whole idea first you don't even know the Daleks are even in the story up until like about halfway and then the reactions from all the individuals when the Daleks actually show up is, is priceless um and one of the funniest moments, I think, in this episode is when Wilf shoots his paint gun at the Dalek and the eye stock clears it away. In the past, Daleks would always say, my vision is impaired. I cannot see. My vision is impaired. But in this case, they took that and reversed it so they could see, which see, was kind of cool. That's what's so cool about being old school Who fans because you guys can find so much fun in these episodes that we new fans can't really pick up on. Yeah, and it makes just uh, uh, the G, uh, Mac Daddy Wilf, just that much cooler and better because he found the exact solution that he needed to have in that situation better than anybody else's guns. And if it was one Jala- Dalek version you know, yeah. beforehand... It would have worked. You know, yeah. But then Rose came in, <laughs> shot her gun, and then he's like, you want to swap? <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame him. Although, I also found amusement in the scene right before that one, where the Daleks like go, all right, guys, attack formation seven. That means there's six formations before this one, and then they stand in a straight line. <laughs> well, it could be that yeah. they need three Daleks in that specific line. <laughs> yeah, there could and be they, a lot of And it also order. could be the aim of where they're going. <laughs> Maybe. Two of them went up and one went down. Michael, it's funny. I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are, aren't all Daleks, like, connected to each other, too? Like, yeah. Do they need, to a degree. Do they need to announce their battle plans to all of their enemies? Did they do that before? Um, no, they've always announced everything. I think they talk to each other as if they... Because I don't think they... I, here's the thing, is that they know when some another Dalek's in distress, but they don't necessarily have, like, telepathic communication from what 
It's I like they, they, they share a central database. Yes, they, they share basic information with each other, but when they need to command each other, they don't they can't understand what everybody else is doing until someone says, Hey, this is what you gotta do. Well also the Daleks are extremely like pompous and they're probably just like, We can announce our battle plans because you guys can't stop us with Daleks. Yeah, that was the point. That's what I really like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it made it sound like you know, from Davros's point of view, Daleks shouldn't be pompous and arrogant, but I kind of felt like that was always central to their programming. Yeah. Like, am I wrong? I think that's something that they inherently just kind of... I think their programming Daleks got the corrupt. Daleks are the best, all are inferior, Daleks are superior. Yes, you know, because they became more corrupt, because they even didn't... At one point, they never thought that Davros was actually worth worthy of survival so they everybody and anything that wasn't Dalek was exterminated yeah well they had a huge war about it too about like Supreme Dalek being in control should Davros be in control (laughs) who's really in charge around here well they also had factions of Daleks so you had like uh, Davros's white Daleks versus the black and gray Daleks so it was kind of one of those things where you had conflicts within the Dalek race and that that's seen even in somewhat in New Who but in this case they're all unified and that's what makes this one kind of scary well, except for Dalek Khan Dalek Khan is kind of doing his own thing <laughs> Dalek Khan 2024 the abomination <laughs> now I will say that I like the design of the red emperor Dalek that was something that was interestingly new yeah with like his extra like love handles right <laughs> yeah, definitely a little bit more of a beefy Dalek yeah at least on the outside tank wise he got swole and his voice definitely reflects his build he, he his sounds arrogance. like he smokes <laughs> Don't all Daleks? It's True. A, it's the same voice that, that if you go back to Christopher Eccleston's last story, he actually uh, met the Emperor Dalek, which was really huge Dalek, and it ha- and he had the same voice as the Emperor Dalek here. Mm. All done to by Dalek. Nicholas Briggs, of course, the genius that he is. <laughs> Sorry, Nicholas, I, I, I know I did a, da- a Dalek voice at the beginning of this, I, I'm not as worried. He's not going to be threatened by that. I know, I know. <laughs> I don't even have the modulator to make it actually realistic. So, Although he is one of our top fans, so we might be hearing from him soon. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate, well... When I, he was on The Weakest Link with the other Doctor Who people, like, he actually brought the voice modulator yes, along. Of course, and then he actually talked like a Dalek, so that it, it was more humorous that way. I hope the host, instead of saying goodbye, said exterminate that episode. You have been exterminated? I think she did, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. I've actually met Nicholas Briggs. He's he's very talkative. I probably spent a good half hour talking to him. So if well, that makes sense. He like, has oh. to say everything slowly and three times. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> not exactly. But he's uh, Nicholas Briggs does more than just the Dalek voices. He's basically in charge of all of Big Finish. So anything that's going on with Doctor Who from the, the on audio, he really knows a lot. Yeah. Um, and Nick, no offense, not, nothing's wrong with being talkative. Oh yeah, definitely not. It I is mean, for me. Obviously, we're on a podcast. All we do is talk. <laughs> that's a great point. Except talk, me. Talking about talking, I think it's time to rate this. It's episode. been time to rate Ratings! this. Okay, Jace, would you like to go first? You seem impatient. Um, what do I rate this? It's hard to rate this, like I said earlier, because it's just like a big, a big bang of stuff <laughs> happening. 
I don't know. I really don't know how to write this. I mean, to write it as, like... I mean, it was a great, like, what's going to happen, and it was just, like, one situation after another situation after another situation. It was just, like, punching me in the face. It's kind of abusive. I don't know how I feel about that. But it felt nice, so I don't know how I feel about that either. It was more like a massage, a punch-in-the-face massage. You know what? It was a massage. Multiple... Someone punches you a bunch of times, it's a massage. Don't consider it abuse. Don't, don't, don't think. If you're being, getting punched, seek help. Um, I would maybe give this episode... Maybe like an eight, maybe, maybe a nine, probably a nine, only because it left me like wanting more the entire episode. I'll maybe even give it a 10. I can't keep giving episodes 10s though. But this era, like what, what I'm seeing from David Tennant right now, I'm really impressed with. The season is, is above others. I don't know. Should I give it a, a 10? You, it's you, up to you. Give it yeah, what you give feel it in your heart. I'll give it. A 10, only because you brought back some awesome companions. There was not a second in this episode where I wasn't interested. And you just dropped those Daleks on me. And then I saw those companions with the tears. And they were crying and just shaking in fear. And there was no doctor. I'm going to give it... I'll give it a... You know what? Just for you guys, I'll give it a 10. <laughs> Thanks, right. Chase. Really appreciate that. And so much, in fact, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll into my rating. Okay. Whoa! Yeah, I know, I know. Um, but... I, I agree with everything Jason said. I, I felt like this was a spectacular episode. And it's funny because generally the episodes that I like the most are the ones that have some, like, really interesting character development and, you know, some emotional moments. This one definitely had some emotional moments, but there was so much happening. There wasn't time for that. But, yeah, like, to Jason's point, I was captivated the whole time. Always wanted to know what was going to happen next. And, uh, you know, three big cliffhangers right at the end. One obviously bigger than the others, let's be real. <laughs> and um, I am going to give this one a 10 as well. I'm not alone. <laughs> wow. Look at all you tenors over there. Yeah, we're hot. I, can't, I was just thinking that. <laughs> I had that effect on people. Right. Carl, what do you think? I thought he was going to go, but he can go too. Oh, we just picking on Carl. You know what, Carl? You can go. No, I can't think, I think on the I spot think like that. To go. Okay, yeah, then I, think I, then he I did will too. jump in. I, I was gearing up to ready to go. And then my role had to be like my. Normally, I'm the first raider, but you know, I, I know our fans probably love me being the lad, the anchor too. So we love you. And now you're you're dead smack in the middle. Yeah, so this is, this is a nice new form for Colin and his ratings. Um, <laughs> you can get a, a really wide range of experience for me just by listening to the last you know four or five episodes here, um, but. Honestly, this is this is a setup episode. It is. We're all in agreement. If anything, you know, it might not even be the first of a two-part. It might even really be the second of a three-parter, because I, I thought the last episode flowed really nicely into this one. Even though it was kind of in a parallel world, a little off-base for what's happening here, it still flowed right in. We had Rose. It's really a primer for this um, to get it ready and going. Um, one episode that I, I felt like I needed a refresher from last week, like a full one, to really get myself integrated into this one. But a lot happens off the bat. I mean, we, we've talked about it. Just so many different characters coming together across the board. I thought it was a wonderful redemption moment for uh, Prime Minister Harriet. And um, while, while we saw, you know, kind of her demise, I thought it was tremendous integrity. Even to the point where people who clearly never voted for her before would claim that they voted for her. Um, I, I thought that that was a nice, powerful moment. And it, it raised, you know, another good philosophical question about what to do, what is right in the world of the... Um, of humanity and, you know, its stake in the universe, you know, versus the Daleks, versus other threats. 
And we, we really saw the, the, the Dalek presence, you know, come in full force. You know, tremendous. That, that's a big, epic, not only a world moment, but a universe moment, too. Um, I, I think of anything, you know, I, I think the opportunity missed. I would have loved to see, you know, all the Adipus reacting on another planet. <laughs> you know, like just kind of a view of all the other planets, that, uh, what's going on there. Uh, in the happening too I think that might have been a, a nice uplift but honestly I, I always you know downgrade um, setup episodes but for me this really had all the pieces of the puzzle I think it stands alone we had a doctor regeneration at least the beginning of one at the end uh, a potential death of the doctor there was a lot going on here and it was really rich throughout um, I understand and I really a lot of to Jason's commentary because there's so much in here it's, it's almost disorienting but it's, it's in a way that really keeps uh, the attention, the focus going. It's very powerful. This setup episode is going to get a rare 10 out of 10 for me. Nice. Sorry, just to pop in real quick, I forgot to mention a couple of things the rating is. I thought it was cool that they pulled in the bees disappearing thing that Donna has been harping on about all season and uh, how the planets were hidden a, sync, a second out of sync with the rest of the universe. I don't think that's been done before, has it? I don't think so. And it was all a part of the plan. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. All right, Carl, I think it is you now. Darn. Well, my mind is rather blank, so I'm not sure. I, I, I think I have to skip on this. Just give it a number. Two. Okay, we'll give it a valid number, Carl. <laughs> uh... You can give it an animal. You can give it a two, but you're going to have to get one, one heck of an argument for it. <laughs> Give it an animal, like, you can give it, like, a snail, which suck, or you can give it, like, a tiger, which are awesome, or you can do, like, an armadillo, because they're kind of cool. A peacock, because it's very distracting. Okay. So he writes it a peacock. Michael? Oh, on, a sc- <laughs> on a scale of snail to tiger, you write it a peacock. <laughs> I was trying to do it in a way he would feel the most comfortable. Obviously, I'm actually, I, I average that as, like, a seven and a half. I don't yeah. think that's a bad rating on that scale. Yeah, yeah. No, peacock sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, my college mascot was a peacock. I went from a tiger, cougar, no, wait, tiger, tiger, cougar, and then peacock. I would have loved having a mascot as a peacock. I would have loved. I, I would. Put I want to touch a peacock. To the top of mine, but that's just me. There's, there's. <laughs> All right, Michael. And I'm about birds, which I'll never say ever again in my life. Well, Graham Harper comes back and who? actually, Graham Harper comes back as the director. I think she said who? Oh, the director. <laughs> Doctor Who. He did. He was the one that did Caves of Androzani and Revelation of the Daleks. We talked about him uh, on Midnight. But he uh, came back and, and did this episode, and I think he did a phenomenal job of, of just kind of keeping everything moving. There was not one real, I mean, other than when the Doctor first sees Rose, there's not really a whole lot of down moments in this. <laughs> everything is just constant, go, 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 go from the start. Murray Gold's musical score kind of mimics that, too, because there's a lot of really fast-paced music in this. Um, or epicness. Um, I think this this story shows a lot of potential for what could possibly happen, and and it just it you're yearning for more to know what's going to happen next. I'm gonna. I think I will have to give this a ten too, based on my original um, 
my original uh, rating when I first saw it, I was like, yeah, this is an 11 or 12 at this rate, just because it was so exciting and so fun. But I mean, I can't go that far. So 10 is is what I will go yeah. for. Like if yeah. it's four 10s and a peacock. <laughs> that's, that's a strong rating. I, I tell you what, this, this season, you know, really is difficult, you know, because there's so many fantastic moments and great episodes really just with the writing and other th- other touch points. I mean, don't get me wrong, other seasons have wonderful things and different flavors, but something about this one and Donna. the writing points is very, very high. And, and I don't think it's all just on Donna. I, I really but, think but I think that's a good component. Yeah, I, I do too, but it, it's so much about doctor about Donna's you know connection with the doctor and with other characters too. Well, yeah. It was kind of nice you know? seeing all the different companions meeting each other. I wonder what the reason was for Rose just being left out. Like, that has to... Well, Maybe, oh, it's because the uh, wolf didn't have a webcam. Yeah, but that's just, like, a random thing to have. Oh, it's is emotional like build-up for the, a, yeah, for the yeah, end of the episode. Oh, is that, that all that was? And that, and that big... Yeah. Like, like I went there the whole time. Moment. Yeah. But, but also, if you think about it, Harriet Jones wouldn't have known that Rose Tyler was there. She she thought that Rose Tyler had died. It was sentient software that yeah. picked up the people. So it just picked out the people. She didn't control it, and they couldn't right. see her because the webcam, but she was right. there. But but they wouldn't have known that she was there. Yeah. Right. No, so, no. so there you have it. But yeah, we almost all gave this a 10 minus the peacock. And a, a many bird is a 10 in my book. So, <laughs> But I think we all agree this like a 7. But let's be real. Some birds are more 10 than others. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you that one, yeah. I mean, if you consider the dodo in there, yeah, I would definitely agree with you. They're cute. They are. Dodos are magnificent creatures. They're not even extant so on this plane huge. anymore. All right, I mean, so where are you going to... So what bird are you going to rate down below 10? Vultures, for sure. They're completely bald at the top of their head and neck. But they eat, like... Like yeah, they eat leftovers. garbage. <laughs> They're like that's fantastic. We need more creatures eating garbage on this earth. True. That's what we do every time we go to McDonald's. True. Yeah, but different kind of garbage. Well, let us know what you thought about the stolen earth. Oh yeah, <laughs> that too. We are so far off. You can email us at thehoovyinterview at gmail You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. And you're also welcome to take a, a TARDIS or other time device right back to this episode and join us live on the air. Yes, very, very welcome. Good luck with that. At any rate, have a good night, y'all. Bye. See you good night. Wait, in the past.